in today's episode of That Taxi Podcast. As a cab driver, you're kind of at the bottom of the food chain as far as people are concerned. The thing that you deal with as a dispatcher, somebody calls you and they want to ride, and you're like, well, where are you? Well, I'm home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're going to have to narrow it down a little bit. Why don't you just step out to the street and you can wave him down? Step out to the street, he says. Superior street, the busiest street in town. Boy, I'd really, I'd like to kill my sister. Boy, oh my, my sister, you know, I'd like to, oh, I, I wouldn't really kill her. I wouldn't really kill her, he says, but boy, I'd like to. Welcome to That Taxi Podcast. I'm Thomas. And I'm Taxi David, author of Too Much to Handle, a series of hilarious cartoons of all the crazy things that happen in and around my taxi. Thanks for jumping into our cab for a ride-along. Yeah, we've been driving taxi for years, and we love to talk about work. You mean bitch about work. Yeah, okay, that's true. Everybody does bitch about work. We know you'll find this entertaining. Sure will, because we have a unique point of view as nighttime taxi drivers. That Taxi Podcast drops every Wednesday on Spotify and wherever else you get this podcast. Uh, Thomas, I think you mean to say wherever you get your podcast. No, Einstein. I mean wherever they get this podcast. I don't care where they get their <laughs> other podcasts. Okay, okay yes. Uh, okay, well, let's go. Up we go. Welcome, everybody, to That Taxi Podcast. With your favorite podcast host, yeah. and David. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, I just farted. <laughs> yes, I could hear that. Wait till um, you smell it. We are going to do something a little different today. Because we're lazy. Well, not so much. We, no. we, we took the effort to meet with a friend of ours who is, we think, a very interesting person. He's a local celebrity. Yeah, and uh, I hope you enjoy. So, here we go. We are here today with, uh, we'll go by Pooner Clark. We don't want to use real names. <laughs> we don't have to. Yeah. Well, we use our real names. Well, yeah, but we can, we can also edit it out. So. Well, Taxi David is not my right. real name. Anyway, uh, Wayne Ellis, uh, dispatcher extraordinaire for one of the companies in town. But uh, more than that, you've also been a uh, real live DJ on the radio as well as in a musical group. So you spent most of your life in front of a mic. Yeah, in one way, shape, or form, yeah. And uh, had a darn good time at it. In fact, I kind of look back on those days in the 70s and 80s, and it seems like it was a free country back then. I had just a great time, and I'm glad it wasn't now because I just spent probably most of my middle years in jail. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, It wasn't, you know, being a DJ and being... A radio personality was a rock star. You were a rock star at that time. There were a lot of people that knew me around town, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, was, yeah. And, it, you know, it's really kind of an interesting phenomena. But, uh, for instance, as a cab driver, you're kind of at the bottom of the food chain as far as people are concerned. Right. As far as people are concerned. <laughs> you're looked yeah. down upon. Yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. Even though they need the ride and you're doing them a service, they still they think kind less of, of you. Yeah. Right. Oh, you're just the cab driver. Don't know how that works out. But the thing is, with radio these days, for instance, it's really all recorded, yeah. basically. I mean, you don't even have to be there during your shift. You can go in and do a four-hour shift in 20 minutes and be out of the studio and there's almost nothing that people hear on the radio that somebody 
actually there, involved with them, you know. But uh, So it's kind of a lot of phony baloney, but you're way up the food chain if you're sure. on the radio. That's right. How I got involved with cab driving, I suddenly was out of work. Oh, yeah. I had to have something to do, and I was told, you know, hey, you know, you might even enjoy it. Well, I did enjoy it for yeah. the years that I was doing it. What did you like of, about it? Well, it's like every night is a different story. I mean, you know, it's, you never know what you're going to run into. Some of the some of the people that you meet are so great, and their stories are so interesting. And other people that you meet are just scary individuals <laughs> where you're like, whoa. One of my favorite uh, goofy stories about being a cab driver, one night I pick up a guy over in the lettered streets. He's this goofy little skinny guy. And, uh, you know, he seems to be really down in the mouth, you know. So I pick him up, and as we're driving along, I'm like, you know, he said pretty depressed. He says, I'm really down. He says, my, my old lady's decided that, that we have to break up. Oh. And I said, oh, well, that's too bad. He says, yeah, he says, things went great until I got a job. <laughs> he says, you know, and then I wasn't around. I've been working hard, and it seems like she just kind of lost interest in me. Mm. He said, and I was hoping to have a relationship with her and that we would have children together. And she... She's lost a lot of weight. And I said, well, there was the first tip that things weren't kind of going your way. <laughs> he says, yeah, he said, she lost 90 pounds. I said, wow. I said, so wow, she lost 90 pounds. I said, well, like, what did she get down to? You know, he says, oh, she weighs 260 pounds now. Oh. So anyway, I kind of felt sorry for the guy, but I thought, Jim, in Christmas, you know, you're probably going to come out better on this deal anyway. <laughs> so a guy I picked up, who was a guy who'd worked for Standard Oil. He'd been down in Ecuador for the company. He met the president of Ecuador at a party, drinking with the guy, oh, and he became a key, a key advisor to the country wow. of Ecuador, you know, on their oil program. He was just a really interesting guy, you know, mm -hmm. just uh, had a lot of experience. And also, I, I took a guy who was a United Airlines pilot uh, out to the airport. He was going, I guess, to meet up with his plane. And they had just been through a bankruptcy and a restructuring. And they took a hit, like in pay. It was like 40% or something. Oh, like the, the pilots, in all my, in my 17 years, the pilots just get treated like shit. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. They're cab drivers of the, of oh, the air. Oh, yeah, they are, yeah. And they used to be rock stars. Right. So. And he says the most insulting thing, he says, you think when I punched into the computer, he says, that it would know my name. But it says, hi, 117432. Oh, uh, my gosh. He thought that was really insulting. Oh, was he in so. prison or something like yeah. that? So, uh, Bob Seger's song, Feel Like a Number. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do, so we had, uh, we had an episode where we talked about uh, famous people. Have you had anybody famous in your cab? Or have you been connected somehow to anybody famous that's come through your cab? Well, last week I mentioned that I was the one who picked up Elvin Bishop. And I don't know if you were dispatching that night, but you had clued me in ahead of time. So when he got into the cab, I'm like, oh, my God, you're Elvin Bishop, <laughs> even though I would never know him from a thousand, you know, people. You know, I can't recall anybody that at least I knew at the time was famous. There was some lady that I had in my cab a few years ago that after she got out of the cab, and I can't really even remember the details of the story, but somebody told me that she was somebody quite famous who'd performed at the theater. Okay. okay. But I can't really think of anybody. I know that uh, we gave a ride as a dispatcher. I got a ride for Greg Proust. Oh, Greg Proust, yeah. one of the guys who's on that? who's He's line. a friend of Ryan Stiles. Oh, there you go. So that works. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this is the one degree then. 
or right. two, degrees, two, two degrees. Two degrees. That's what we talk about. So you still connected. You still have a famous connection story, if like because. Uh, right, I know the, the degrees of separation. Yeah, right, yeah. So, um, have you had a scary ride, a ride that really unnerved you? Oh, there was a, there was a guy that I must have given rides to two or three times, and I don't know what his full name was. His name was Scott. You know, we used to get a little page. And the page wasn't really very complete. It was right. where you had to pick the guy up and what his name was, pretty yeah. much. And, uh, Remember this, pagers? Yes. Yeah. And this guy, Scott, this guy was just so psycho that it was kind of freaky. He didn't really speak to me in particular, but he'd sit beside you and he'd be doing things like, uh, boy, I'd really, I'd like to kill my sister. Boy, oh my, my sister, you know, I'd like to, oh, I, I wouldn't really kill her. I wouldn't really <laughs> kill her, he says, but... Boy, I'd like to, I'd like to kill her. And every time I picked him up, he'd have some deal going on where he was just, you know, morose and and wanting mm. to do physical harm to somebody. A very troubled person. Yeah, and yeah. every time I'd see the name Scott pop up on my page, I'd be a guy. Were you always taking him to, like, the ER or anything? No, no. <laughs> you were always picking him up in the lettered streets and something like that and taking him a short distance. But, geez, it would be unnerving every time that I picked him up just because he was such a psycho. Well, I, Wayne, let me ask you this. Uh, how do you think the future of cab driving is going? Do you think it's all going to be Uber Lyft pretty soon? or You know, I think a lot of it depends whether or not regular cab companies can become a little bit more like Uber and Lyft. You right. Know, where they're... No, they pivot. They pivot and, and rise to what's... What's new? You know, the interesting thing about being a cab driver in this area is is that rideshare drivers think they're cab drivers, and technically they're not. Right. They're rideshare drivers. Right. It's, uh, it can be overwhelming mm. to be a taxi driver and have to hit the streets hard like you do. Um, Worry about not getting paid at the end of the ride or... Oh, yeah, there was a, there was a million things with it. And now, uh, you know, just thinking about the way things came out of COVID and people are, you know, drivers are fighting with passengers about masks and and they don't learn to let people be who they are when they're in our cabs you know what i mean well it's like unless they have a, a, a certain amount of experience behind yeah. them yeah. i don't think and, and again people don't realize with cab driving that you know you're kind of a father confessor to oh, yeah. some people you're yeah. you know you you deal with so many different kinds of people, and it's really what makes it interesting. You become a lunchroom psychiatrist yeah. to a lot of people. Yeah. But the crazy thing about the rideshare drivers is this was an incident that I heard from some people that finally called us to get a ride. There were some guys from out of town, and this was at the, kind of at the beginning of the pandemic when everything's shut down. Right. So they get a ride. And the guy picks them up, and he takes them to Denny's. Denny's isn't open. Right. They're from out of town. The driver is from out of town. Oh, the Uber <laughs> driver. He doesn't know. <laughs> he doesn't know yeah. where there, there anything is. And in order for him to give them a ride, they have to have a destination right. from where yeah. they are. and every, So he just had to dump them at Denny's, and they had to call a cab company. Yeah. Because we are the problem solvers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We solved problems. When somebody said the the house that I'm supposed to go to isn't there, or some, nobody's there, or what do I do now? Well, we didn't just drop you off. We figured it out. Of course, we ran the meter. That, <laughs> that was the thing. No problem. Yeah. So anyway, it's a... What about dispatching? How 
uh, what's something about dispatching that most people wouldn't know? Yeah. Well, it's it's just the uh, these days in particular, it's the just wanting the cab to be there instantly, huh. and uh, they just somehow Uber did that to us. Yeah. 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 Suddenly, and ten minutes or five minutes is too long. Just too long, yeah. you know. Like, although sometimes they're calling you back because they <laughs> can't find it. Right, you know, but else. that's funny too. I'll be sitting in front of the bar in my cab, and I'll see people standing out there on their phone, twenty-five, thirty minutes, waiting for their ride share to show up, and I'm right here available. And the thing is, is if they took your car. It'd probably be a cheaper ride, particularly if it's late at night. And it right. was late at night. Yeah, it was yeah. like after bar hours. Because yeah. the Uber surge pricing, people don't realize that, you know, you might be able to get into town at 5 p.m. for a cheap fare, but to get out of town at midnight, yeah. <laughs> I, I, there was a girl crying in front of that uh, bar because she didn't know how she was going to get home. She lived in the next town up, you know, it was about, what, 15 miles. Yeah, oh, and, that's good. And they wanted to charge her $135 to get home. And I'm like, well, I'll, I'll do it for 40 you know. It's, oh, you guys are so much cheaper. Well, we were talking earlier, and you said, uh, I don't know why people prefer, you know, Uber or something like that. It's like, no, I, in that context, it's not that preference. Those people standing there waiting 20 minutes for the thing, they don't know they can just walk up to you and get in. That's not a preference. They don't know any different. They, they're, high, yes. they're college kids that have no exposure to getting into right, a cab. Right. That's probably true. Yeah. And the other thing is, is people aren't really, I don't think, familiar with the surge pricing. I had a couple one night at one of these beer tastings. I always like how it's not a drunk fest. No, exactly. Like the wine walk we just had, (laughs) crying out loud. (laughs) Because people, they're amateur drinkers. They get so (laughs) wasted. But they had taken an Uber, and it had been 30 bucks, which would probably be $10 cheaper than we would have. But anyway, again, it was the same thing they told me when they went to go home. It was $140, and they didn't want to pay it, you know, so they wound up waiting about 40 minutes for me to get a car to them rather than take the Uber. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you save money, but you might have to wait a little bit. Yeah. So that's one experience that you have with dispatching. They are specifically frustrated with Uber. Uber's not available. Can you help us? Yeah, or they find out. I think, for instance, going to the airport where Uber won't yeah. pay the airport fee. Right. But I think that what people do when they try to get an Uber sometimes in the morning, it's trying to locate the nearest car, but it never finds the nearest car right. because right. the car can't go to the airport. And I think most people break down and wind up taking their own car. But you get a lot of people that call you, and again, they want it kind of instantaneously. Right. right. So you tell them it'd take me 20 minutes to get a car over there for you. Oh, too long. Too long, yeah. And then 20 minutes later, they're calling you up. Can yeah. you still get a car over here pretty soon? Well, well you, I can't get you it You dispatch in, in the middle of the night, and I drive in the middle of the night, and I also do my our own dispatching. And I've found that, especially going to the airport at 4 in the morning, uh, they don't realize that Uber's going to let them down or Lyft doesn't show up. And then they call us wanting to get there, and they, my flight leaves in 15 minutes. And, oh, I'm sorry, you're going to have to get another flight. You know, yeah. I'm not in the TARDIS. I can't get there yeah. instantly, you know? Yeah. TARDIS. Well, the thing that you deal with it as a dispatcher, and I don't know if you kind of get this, it's like a, somebody calls you and they want to ride, and you're like, well, where are you? Well, I'm home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know you're gonna have to narrow it down a little bit. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I might be a little inappropriate when I say that because oh, when somebody says that to me, they'll be like, "I need to go home," and I'm like, "Where are you going?" 
I'm going home. It's like my home or your home? <laughs> it's like my home. Does that line ever work? No. I'm start there's, using that. There's a little giggle on that. But then I, I have to say, let's pretend I don't know where you live. Okay. Where would that be? So. Well, and then the other thing that you get is somebody who calls you up is walking. Oh, yeah, then you got to hit a moving target. You know, yeah, I just tell them, you know, hey, I, said, you know, we, I came up with that term. It was <laughs> the moving target. Yeah. Yeah, I just tell them, hey, you know, I'm not going to send a car for you unless you can go somewhere where you will be yeah. when my cab gets there. If you can do that, we can have somebody there for you fairly soon. Yeah. A lot of times uh, you get uh, people who call several cab companies and take whoever gets there first. Oh, that's... Which is a part of my, was going to be my next grinding the gear thing. Uh, grinds my yeah. gear thing but uh and then you have to race you they expect you to race to get there and whoever gets there first is the one they're going to take well you don't do that with pizza companies you know you yeah. don't you don't order six different pizzas and whoever gets there first is the one you're going to take we with yellow back in the day i remember we would hear the name of somebody or get the name of somebody that we have to go get and i remember getting on the radio with jim and saying did she call you? And he'd say, yeah, she called me. And I'd say, because she called me too. So there's three cabs. There's me, Jim, and Yellow's Dispatch going. And we decided, because she did this all the time, no one would go. Right. Yeah. You know? We would yeah. just cancel. We would just say, no, we just wouldn't go. No one would go. Yellow Cab has a, an interesting thing going where uh, there's an 800 number. And you get the craziest calls. I get a call from a guy, and he's on Superior Street, and Jerry gets over there, and he's like, I'm not able to find the address. Uh, are you sure that's the right address? And I'm, so I call the guy up, and yeah, that's the right address. And I said, well, my guy is over there. He's trying to find you. He can't find the right address. I said, well, I don't know. I said, the thing is, he's out there. I said, why don't you just step out to the street, and you can wave him down. Step out to the street, he says. Superior Street, it's the busiest street in town. I'm like, well, what town are you in? You know, Not in this I'm town. In, I'm in Massachusetts. All oh, right, sure, like, yeah, that's yeah. right. And somebody There's called a, the 800 yeah. number. So, is there is there a difference between uh, daytime dispatching and nighttime dispatching, or do you only do nighttime dispatching? I just do nighttime dispatching, okay. although I I dispatch into the daytime hours. But the thing is, in the daytime now, when it gets into daytime. We'll have so many Medicaid rides sure. scheduled and everything. that, it, And it's crazy because sometimes the rides just lead into the next ride. Yeah, that's but, rare for me now. Yeah. Uh, being a private driver, it's rare that I have, I drop off here, I have somebody just a couple blocks that needs to go here. and Because so my people are all over, over the, the place. place. Yeah. Yeah. So some nights you're just kind of amazed at how it just, fits together yeah. you know it just goes really oh, i remember those days Crazy. so do you do you like dispatching you know i i like it i i couldn't i wouldn't be able to drive anymore when i when i was a driver i was a little bit younger my vision at night is now so bad oh. that i wouldn't feel good out driving i think part of that is the new headlights that are coming out because oh my Lord. god i know those are killer why i always like to drive at night is you're the only guy on the road yeah well i've always been a night guy so, like, yeah. when I was in rock and roll bands, sure. you know, I'm driving back home 3 in the morning, you know. Yeah, and, stuff. and that so, was what you did. Yeah. Uh, and then I always was a nightlife guy, except for the last few years. You know, I, uh, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of cluster headaches. You get a little tinge behind your eye, and within 
15 minutes, you'd cut your head off. If now, it was... you, you survived an aneurysm. Yeah. Yeah, so that would make me nervous having anything going on in my head. Well, when I had the aneurysm, I, I thought, well, this is what those headaches were. Really exactly, yeah. yeah. So then I have the aneurysm, but after the, the aneurysm repair, I'm still occasionally getting the headaches. I would have to, like, have Tylenol in my pocket and watch my watch so that every three hours I could take two more of them. Oh, my God. Because if you, if you let it go, you'd be in so much pain you couldn't think, you couldn't see. You'd, you would have had to have quit driving as a cab yeah, driver. Yeah. I asked Ugh. the doctor, I said, what, what's the thing with these headaches? What can you do? They said, well, these two prescriptions might help. Well, one of them... The most common side effect was uncontrollable eye twitching, so that didn't sound to me like a See, I thought you were twist. winking at me, Wayne. I didn't know. I was going to say something, but Thomas was going with it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but the other thing they gave me was this powder that you could either snort or you could, uh, what was it? You could snort it or put it, put it, it on your gums. Yeah, it was, it was a powder. And when I went to pick up the prescription, it was $800. Oh. And I was thinking, geez, you know, I'd rather just actually get some cocaine. Exactly. Yeah, it's cheaper than, to than that. Yeah, who needs universal health care? I mean, hell. <laughs> but anyway, in pursuing it further, the doctor said, well, they think a lot of times that alcohol uh, will cause these things to happen. And and I I used to love drinking, you know. Yeah. But he told me that. And I mean, I quit drinking. Right? Yeah. Night. I haven't had anything other than a beer or two for the last five years. And immediately I quit having them. Oh. So I don't get them anymore. Okay. Well, that's good. And, yeah. Uh, I guess that was the. Uh, that's thing a good trade off. Yeah. So anyway, it kind of. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I don't think I'm as much fun as I used to be when I drank. You know, yeah, so. yeah. One thing I wanted to mention about the radio thing this is, this is what got me fired from the radio business. Oh, that's right. Because it's. Corporate-y yeah, it's a okay. corporate yeah, thing. Yeah, lay it on me what happened. The job up at the radio station used to be really one of the more fun things you could do. And it was really fun to be the afternoon DJ mm-hmm. on the radio station because there were lots of contests. And the contests were kind of fun because you had to announce the contest and put the thing together. And then while commercials were playing or a couple of songs were playing, you had to be able to take the phone call of the winner, edit it down so that there wasn't any bad language or <laughs> right. anything in there or just extraneous things. Oh, my God, it. you fuckers, I won! <laughs> <laughs> and have it back together so that when you came out of the group of commercials or you came out of the song or something, that you had something to go to, like you're talking to the person. Right. Because it's pre-recorded. And uh, then they had an all-request hour. And they were kind of stuck with putting me in afternoons. And it was crazy because I had to work. I had to drive a cab at night. Right, yeah. So I'd have to go in. I was putting in long days. But when I got in there, it always irritated me that they had an all-request hour, but they didn't take requests. Oh, it's just bogus. It's a sham. Now, for instance, what they would want you to do is they would want you to take requests from people, and basically what you're waiting for them to do is request one of the songs, songs that are on the list. You're already oh going to play, so it's not. That re- seems a lot like a lot of work. Oh, see, it was just kind of crazy. And then they would allow you to switch. Say if somebody uh, 
wanted to hear something by the Stones, but that wasn't the song that was in the in that in the hour. List, yeah. You could switch it to a Stone song, you know. But that's what they wanted. And they only wanted you to do four of those the most during your hour-long <laughs> shift. You know, uh-huh. each 15 minutes, you'd have introduce somebody and play their request for them. But they always wanted it to be songs that were just in the playlist, the playlist yeah. that everybody hated anyway. Everybody or listened. that they repeated all the time. Yeah, and yeah. Every, every, it's like how many more times can you listen more than a feeling by Boston before you want to cut your head off? So, I can listen to that all day. <laughs> well, I can listen to that particular song. Yeah. I, you, you had a problem with ELO songs, I think. Yeah, <laughs> the Electric Light Orchestra. So do you think this is the way it is in other other uh, radio stations? I'm not, I don't think every radio station, but I think the radio stations that are owned by the big corporations. The radio business is really predicated on a lot of research that has been done about people and their habits with listening to the radio. So for instance, you want your morning show to be strong because once they've gone to work listening to your guys in the morning, when they get back in the car, it's on that it's station. On that station. Sure. So that's that's one of the things. The other thing is is they don't want to play anything that they think would make somebody turn the station off. <laughs> so they have really compact playlists that have been, you know, run through focus groups. Sure, sure. To the point where they... It's a stat game. Yeah. This thing that I did, I was like, hey, I'm busting my buns to do the afternoons, and I'm going to play requests. And so that's that's basically what I did. I like, in You fact, did, honest to God, yeah, requests. And so, if somebody yeah. requested a song that I couldn't even find in the library, but I thought it was a great song, I'd say, hey, tune in tomorrow. I'll play your request tomorrow during this hour. Anyway, I, I did that all the time. And, you know, somebody requests Frank Zappa. You had to be careful of what you played. You know, I was trying to be, you know, careful. But I'd sure. play Frank Zappa, you know, play some some little, uh, at least some little Zappa blurb or something. Well, what I didn't realize was that when the current program director came on, came on who's a real corporate guy, sure. listening to me take requests like that and play songs that, we would never play. And I can't remember the, the name of the guy who got booted out of the station because the family sold it, but he really cared about the community. And bringing in a, a corporate entity to run the station, you lose all that. They don't care. In fact, one of the things that they did was there's a, a ratings book, and it's, uh, I don't know exactly how it's based, but there are ways of finding out who's listening to what in any area. When I bought my first computer, I was so excited about it. It was a 386 and it cost me $5,000. Whoa! And uh, I was one of the first guys I knew that had a computer and I had so much fun with that and for the longest time I really kept up with changes and everything seemed to be getting better and better and the internet came along and that was so interesting Mm -hmm. and all this stuff, and then finally, it got to the point where you start realizing how they're able to track you and utilize this information to go after you and everything. And I just became a technophobe. I mm. I hate computers. <laughs> I I think they're the the end of us. I, for instance, bought a portable garage ten years ago, 
and I still can't go out on the web without having ads pop up for portable garages. My phone is way more powerful than my 386 was. I mean, it's like really crazy. And then, but the kind of thing, do you get notices from Google that tells you where you were in the last month? Oh, yeah, every month, yeah. Mm -hmm. Every time you use Maps, it adds up to where you've been. And yeah. As a cab driver, that's really annoying because... He, you don't even <laughs> have to You don't even have to use Maps. I think all of us have experienced, all of us, meaning everybody, has experienced an eerie... Except the Amish. Yeah, that's probably true. Oh, that, even yeah. those guys. <laughs> Someone's got a phone. Someone, someone, Micah... Yeah. What you got there? Don't Something's glowing that. under the covers. Don't they do that thing when they're teenagers, Ramstidal or something? What? They get like a whole month where they can just go wild. Is there a thing? Is that I a thing? I believe that's true, yes. Okay. So how do we get on Amish? Uh, oh, you were saying everybody's I Yeah, I that. think everybody has experienced something eerie about having their phone do something that they didn't have any control over, but it knows. Or you, you, you're talking to someone and say... Oh, I'm going to look up uh, such and such restaurant, and then you go to Google, and the restaurant somehow heard you, and it's, you know. It's like, well, my thing is, uh, like this one, I don't want to say it, but it's like, hey, Google, but if it's my. Okay, so we got interrupted because of this conversation, <laughs> because we did that. But what it. So you don't only... say, hey, Google. Oh, my God. No, don't, don't say that. Okay, okay, it didn't do it. But it, no, no, no. Stop it. <laughs> but the only way that that feature can work is if it's always listening. listening. Yeah. And that's creepy, isn't it? Just a little bit creepy. Yeah, no. Well, it's nothing a... new. We know this. It's just a little creepy, that's all. So, you know, Wayne, we're getting old. That's what this is about, right? <laughs> Whereas my kids would think nothing of it. Yeah. You know, there was a day when... Uh... Back in my day, <laughs> we used to use a stuff called cash. <laughs> well, this is kind of a deal. Point. One of the things is I'm going to have to get going. Do you want to hear a funny Simpsons story? Yeah. 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 My band, we used to play at a place called the Owl Cafe. So not a really particularly big place. And anyway, I come in there one night and the Rocket used to be a tabloid in Seattle about the rock music scene there. It's okay. called the Rocket. And one of the things about the Rocket that always cracked me up was, do you remember the, the uh, Matt Groening cartoon with the rabbit? Oh, the original one. Yeah. yeah, yeah before he did Simpsons. Do you remember yeah. what that was called? I can't even remember. Uh, My Life is Hell or Yeah, Life, life in hell. hell. Yeah, something like I that. I thought yeah. that was the funniest cartoon all the time. And I go into the Owl Cafe and I open it up and here's the Life in Hell. And it was a really funny one. And I said to the bartender, who I kind of knew, I said, I said, this Matt Groening guy is hilarious. He yeah. says, would you like to meet him? I said, yeah. <laughs> we well, both were like, what? The deal. I see him sitting down there at the end of the bar. That's him at the end of the bar, he says. And he says he's kind of drunk. At the, Come on down here, I'll introduce you. So I go down there, and uh, I meet him loosely. Matt Groening had just been in San Francisco trying to get life in hell into the San Francisco Examiner. They, either he'd contacted them or they'd contacted him. And he'd been gone down to San Francisco, and then the board of the newspapers got to put all this together. And he had limited money, so and he wound up having to stay a couple extra days in San Francisco, cost him extra money. And he gets back to Seattle to find out that the rocket now is thinking about canceling life in hell. 
And the guy was so down about the deal, but he did talk to me a little bit and about, you know, the cartooning and about, you know, he grew up in Springfield, Oregon, which is kind of where Springfield came from in The Simpsons. And oh, okay. So we had a conversation about Didn't know that. stuff. And I just thought it was because there was uh, almost a Springfield in almost every yeah, well, state. Yeah, we never actually say what state it's yeah, from. Yeah. But anyway, he, uh, um, it was just a few weeks later that I saw, uh, he had mentioned that he had this cartoon that they were kind of working on. And I, I can't remember the time frame exactly, but within several months, I see the Simpsons on the Tracy Ullman right. show. Oh, that's TV. right. It was. It was a clip on the yep. Tracy yeah, Ullman show. Just a short. Little that's right. Short. Yeah. And then after that, now he is the guy who created the longest running in show history. in television history. Right. Yeah. But the day I met him, he was so depressed and drunk <laughs> from going through this thing and. Uh, you never know. Yeah, you just Maybe never something know. you said inspired him to... I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> there, there wasn't much you could he say. He said, to... uh, Matt, you want to pay for my drink? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would... He probably paid for Matt's. Was... <laughs> yeah, that, on that day, I think they were treating him from the, the bar. They really liked him there at the yeah. bar. That's, but, a really that's cool great. Story. Now we're that's two cool degrees story. from Matt Grinning. That's right. There well, yes, that's right. Two degrees from Matt. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's cool to know. Yeah. Well, and shoot. all you listeners, now you're, are they, do they count as three? No, I don't think that counts. That doesn't work? No. <laughs> That's funny. Well, Wayne. Yeah. Thank you. That was, uh, that was fun. Yeah, it was yeah. really fun. It's good to see you. I yeah, mean, thank you. I always enjoy seeing Thomas when he comes down and drops by every once in a while. Yeah. So. Uh, all right. Glad you're out hey, there. Hey, uh, before kind of you go, you go. Uh, how did you like Dave's book? Do you want to? Oh, I I've enjoyed reading. There were. So many of the things related to things I remember from driving a cab. That's exactly and, good. Uh, it was. I thought it was really cool. I've, I have the book in it. In fact, I've showed it to a, a number of people nice. who have come over to the house. So. Well, yes. I think everybody that's ever seen your cartoons have told you you should make a book. Oh, yeah, 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 and I was sure. one of those, too. Yeah. So. And yeah. this is how this came about. Because yeah. he said, well, you made the book. You wanna... I always wanted to make a podcast. So here well, we are. And, you know, the, what intrigued me when Thomas was telling me about this was his, the podcast thing, I think, is really kind of a, an interesting phenomenon. Yeah. It brings something into your life that's uh, yeah. that's just really kind of enjoyable. But it was a lot like radio shows back in the day. You tuned in. You tuned in to hear something, you yeah. know, that entertained you. Okay. Okay, well, I had a fun time. Yeah, All right. Next, thanks. next time, then, uh, next time you have together. to tell me how you got the name Pooner because I've asked that of several people. And they, oh, well, yeah. and then I think I asked you, and he said, well, that's a long story. <laughs> oh, we had a, we had time. <laughs> All right, have a good one. All right, Dave, thanks for inviting me down. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming. Yeah. See you later. See ya. Take care, man. Well, that was pretty good. What's something that you got out of that? Uh, well, I would have never known about the uh, uh, fake uh, request hour. No I, kidding. And that it just blows me away. Yeah. That, that, well, you know, it makes sense. Yeah, right? but if they're doing it, I'm sure other were, other ones. Oh, I'm, I'm sure, never asking that. I'm but, sure uh, every corporate radio station is doing it. Yeah. The only ones that aren't are the real independent ones. And I, I it's weird because I remember calling in Yeah. before when yeah. I was a high school kid. And how many times, how, well, when you were a high school kid, they probably did actually do. Maybe. How many times have you called in for a request and wait and wait and wait? And it, it never happens. And it never gets on. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Oh, they just must have been busy or had so many requests. Right. That's yeah. what, I mean, that's a fair assumption. Sure. But that it wasn't even real. Yeah.
God, that makes me mad. It does. It's, I want to call up all insulting. those stations and say, you assholes. <laughs> what else? Oh, how about the Matt Groening story? Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Again, it's it encourages me to know that we all have a connection. We've all connect, been connected to right. somebody who's famous yeah. in some degree. I wish I was more connected to Alyssa Milano, though. Oof. Who's the boss? Yeah, I'm the boss baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did. No, like... Boss baby is a different movie. Never oh, mind. Jesus. Yeah, have you ever seen that? <laughs> no. Okay. Yes. No. I've watched it a few times because you know I had kids. Yeah. Oh, so... sure. Blame the kids. Yeah. <laughs> I liked uh, his advice on uh, on cab competing with Uber, Uber, and Lyft. What they have and... to do to, yeah, to, to evolve? Pivot. They have yeah. to pivot. That's they true. have to uh, rise to the occasion. Not be. I mean, history repeats itself. It's clear what you need to do is embrace change in an industry yes. and make changes for that. So no, it was a good, it was a good interview. It was interesting. Um, he's a cool guy. He's got a great speaking voice. Oh yeah. He's, he, well, like I like to say, I have a face made for radio, but he's got a voice made for radio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was good. I got, I've got a face made for radio and a voice made for silent films. <laughs> <laughs> All right, kids. Sorry we didn't do the wheel this time. Yeah, but... no wheel. We'll, but we'll be back next week. Yeah, next week. New wheel. Or same wheel. Hopefully same wheel, with a new different name. day. New name, mate, right? Uh, Got to change crossed. the name, yeah. Okay. All right. Ta-da. Thanks for coming along with us on That Taxi Podcast. We'll be back next week with a whole new episode and... You can find us on Spotify or wherever you download your podcasts. Wherever you download this podcast. Oh, right. Sorry. We want your thoughts, ideas, and feedback on today's episode. So please contact us. And we really do want you to contact us at thattaxipodcast.com, at Twitter, on Facebook, and Instagram. See you next week. See you next week.